Chapter Ten of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter Ten. The worshipful Jairus, ruler of the synagogue in Capernaum, had just completed a careful inspection of the various gardens connected with his house. He was a rich man, as well as a ruler of the synagogue. It was therefore meet that all things connected with his domain should be done decently and in order. He had been making remarks to this effect to the servant who filled the office of chief steward in the house, and the man still stood in his presence. "'I am not pleased with the condition of the gardens connected with the inner house, Benoni,' he said, somewhat severely. "'I saw many withered leaves on the turf, and the shrubbery hath not received the attention which it should have. It is evident that there is fault somewhere.' If I might venture the suggestion, most noble master, I would say that it would be well to employ another servant. I can buy, if it please thee, a slave, or for a small sum hire some lad from the city, for truly the new vineyard doth require much time and attention, and I have therefore been unable to look to the home gardens as I ought. It is not that the servants are idle, or that I, and here the man made a low obeisance, am neglectful of my duty. Thou hast answered well, Benoni. The matter of the new vineyard had entirely escaped my memory seek out now a lad and let it be his duty to attend the gardens that i be not further vexed with the matter and stay be cautious in the matter of selecting this lad for the little ruth doth often play in the gardens albeit attended by her maidens and i would not that the boy be rough or discourteous thy commands most worshipful master shall be obeyed and i thank thee for thy goodness and forbearance to me in the matter so saying the steward withdrew and at once made his way to the nearest market-place here he proceeded to make known the fact that he, Benoni, would engage the services of a likely lad in behalf of his master, the worshipful Jairus. A number of lads who were idling about the place eagerly gathered about him, but the keen eye of the chief steward quickly pronounced them, one and all, unfit for the position. Now it happened that Stephen and Titus were at one of the numerous stalls, bartering some fish which they had taken that morning before dawn, Titus, as usual, managing the business, while Stephen stood by, looking dreamily at the lively scene about him, the world to which he had been so long a stranger, presenting to his happy eyes a constantly shifting kaleidoscope of wonderful pictures. This morning he saw at once the imposing figure of Benoni as he entered the market-place, and followed his subsequent proceedings with an interested eye. Just as Titus had finished the bargaining to his satisfaction, he caught an excited whisper from Stephen. "'That man yonder looketh for a lad to hire. Why dost thou not speak with him?' then mightest thou be safe from father and the men titus looked in the direction to which stephen pointed then said the man is a jew i care not to hire with him nay titus now thou speakest foolishly come wilt thou not seek him in another moment the two lads were in the presence of benoni i heard thee that thou didst inquire for a lad said stephen hesitatingly seeing that titus did not intend to speak thou didst hear aright answered benoni with condescension but thou art too young i require a sturdy lad more like to this one glancing as he spoke at Titus, to work in the gardens of the house of the worshipful Jairus. "'What work wouldst thou require?' asked Titus, who had always had a curiosity to see the interior of one of the great houses, so jealously guarded by their high walls from the public eye, and which had often been described to the two lads by Prissa. "'The work will be, as I said, in and about the gardens, keeping the graveled paths in order and the turf free from weeds and unsightly rubbish.' "'I think I could do that,' said Titus in a low voice, for he inwardly revolted at the idea of service of any kind. Benoni, however, convinced that his hesitation was due solely to modesty, and withal satisfied with the young man's general appearance, 
after a few more perfunctory questions quickly concluded the bargain stipulating that titus should accompany him at once and be introduced to his new work when stephen was left alone he stood gazing after the two and a desolate feeling of loneliness almost overcame him for a moment he suddenly realized that all the delightful hours on the lake with titus all the long rambles and the pleasant evening talks on the housetop were over why did i ever see that man he murmured disconsolately feeling a strong desire to run after titus and beg of him to stay but in a moment he straightened himself i am glad he hath gone he thought it will be best as for me i must learn to manage the boat alone i am nearly fifteen now and strong enough mother hath need of me i must work for her and he started out for home at a brisk pace meanwhile titus and benoni had reached the house of Jairus. It was an imposing structure, occupying a whole square, presenting to the street on all sides facades of massive rough-hewn stone, windowless on the ground floor, and broken only by a single entrance on each of its sides. From the second story projected certain high and wide windows, filled with curious lattice-work. Being admitted to one of the strongly guarded portals, Titus and his guide found themselves in an arched passageway of stone. Quickly traversing this, they proceeded into a courtyard which titus having in mind the description of prissa perceived to be the court of the household for here was the great central fountain there were the stalls for the horses and mules and on the opposite side the appurtenances for various kinds of work connected with the establishment the bake ovens and the grindstones in noisy operation being most in evidence it was an animated scene and every one seemed to be in the highest spirits for the men were laughing and talking as they groomed the horses, while the maidens about the fountain chattered as gaily and incessantly as the sparrows which were nesting in the cornice. As the two entered, all eyes were turned at once upon them, and one damsel, bolder than the rest, came forward and dropping a curtsy, said saucily, And here is our good Benoni, looking none the worse for the interview which he had with the master this morning. My mistress bade me tell thee that she wished to speak with thee immediately upon thy return. Didst thou know that we are going up to Jerusalem the next week but one? tis the feast i am glad for my part jerusalem at feast times hath a gaiety which refresheth my spirit after our dull capernaum peace maiden said benoni severely thy tongue hath the sound of waters which run and never cease but now wilt thou see that this lad hath some refreshment while i wait upon our worshipful lady i will return for thee shortly turning to titus that thou mayest get to work without delay the damsel who was called marissa laughed mockingly it would be well good benoni ere our worshipful master return from the synagogue at least fourscore more of dried leaves have fallen from the shrubbery since thou didst go forth this morning but benoni was already gone apparently not hearing the last remark as soon as he had disappeared the girl turned to titus and with an approving glance at his stalwart figure and handsome face said whenever the master hath occasion to chide our good benoni yonder he doth mend the matter by hiring a new servant i heard everything that passed between them this morning from the terrace where i was sewing thou art to pick off the yellow leaves from the shrubs it will require all thy strength and again the girl laughed teasingly nay i am to attend to the gravelled walks and care for the turf said titus with an angry flush do not be angry said the girl thou shouldst be glad in these times to have fallen into such a comfortable place plenty would give their eyes for it and benoni is a good master as thou wilt see albeit a little stupid but come let me give thee to eat as i was bidden before many days had passed titus found that marissa had spoken truly his work was light and pleasant, and his beauty-loving eyes were never tired of looking at the wonders about him. On several occasions he had seen the mistress of the house in her sweeping robes traversing the terraces, and every day the little Ruth, a pretty girl of twelve, played about the shady garden paths. But best of all, Benoni, finding that he was skilful with boat and net, allowed him to supply the household with fish. 
Stephen invariably joined him in these expeditions, and the two spent many delightful hours together. I shall not see thee again for many days, said Titus on one of these occasions, as he pushed off the boat from the shore. Benoni told me this morning that the family start tomorrow for Jerusalem. Many of the household will attend them. As for me, I have been chosen to lead the mule on which the little Ruth is to ride. Marissa saith that in Jerusalem we shall bide at the palace of the high priest, for the lady Sarah, our mistress, is sister to the wife of Caiaphas. Thou wilt see wondrous things, said Stephen, somewhat wistfully, but without a trace of envy in his face. I am glad that I have learned to manage the boat now. I shall go out every day whilst thou art away. Thou dost very well with the boat, lad, said Titus, somewhat patronizingly. But thou must beware of squalls, they come so suddenly, that cooler heads and stronger arms than thine have gone down ere this. Do not go out, unless the wind sets in the right quarter, as I showed thee, and never alone at night. The hour of the dawning would be the best for thee. The master and his disciples, with many others, have already set forth for Jerusalem, said Stephen presently. Then, after a pause, he continued, Thou knowest the man Benjamin, who was palsied, and whom the master healed so marvelously? He hath not forgotten us. I met him not many days since, as I was coming from the synagogue, and he took me with him to his home. He is going to teach me how to read in the Hebrew scriptures, so that I shall no longer be a heathen, as his father did call me. He hath given me a role that he himself did study when he was my age, albeit he studied lying helpless on his bed, and he taught me a psalm. Shall I say it to thee? Titus assented, and the lad repeated to the musical accompaniment of the water rippling along the side of the boat, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is it not beautiful, said Stephen softly, and there are many more. I shall learn them all. Benjamin saith that I must learn the law also, but that I like not so well. There are so many thou shalt nots that it quite bewildereth me to hear them read, and I know not how I could observe them all. Thou wilt be a Pharisee yet, said Titus half bitterly. I fancy I see thee now with a long robe and a broad phylactery bound to thy brow. Nay, answered Stephen simply, I would rather follow the master. He wears no phylactery, and I am sure that he is not a Pharisee. Dost thou know, Stephen, said Titus presently, after the two had lowered their net, that that psalm, as thou callest it, soundeth strangely familiar in my ears, like something I have heard many times and forgotten. And the house of Jairus, it is certain that I have seen something like it in a dream. Thou hast heard the mother tell of the great house in which she lived as a maiden. Tis of that thou hast dreamed, my Titus. But the psalm, persisted Titus, did the mother sing it in this way? and he began a low, metrical chanting of the words which Stephen had recited. But he broke off abruptly after a few lines, saying, It hath gone from me now, then relapsed into silence, which he seemed not disposed to break, though Stephen talked gaily on, apparently unmindful of the fact that he had a very indifferent listener. End of chapter 10